You are listening to the Effective Statistician Podcast, a podcast designed to help you reach your potential, lead great science, and serve patients. This is episode number 69, how to make the collaboration between sponsor and CRO successful. Welcome to the Effective Statistician with Alexander Schacht and Benjamin Pieske, the weekly podcast for statisticians in the health sector who want to reach their potential to serve patients without becoming overwhelmed by work. So the challenge on writing an abstract for next year's PSI conference in 2020 in Barcelona is still ongoing. Just go to theeffectivestatistician.com slash abstract challenge all in one word and there you can register for this challenge. It's a great community approach where we help each other to come up with ideas, write the submission, uh, the abstract and bring it into the submission. It would be awesome if lots of you join. Irrespective of whether you have done that before and you can help others or if you have never done that. And um, I will also uh, help a lot with insights from uh, successful uh, abstracts uh, submissions to this conference. Okay, the episode today is about the collaboration between sponsor and CRO. And there is an endless list of things that can go wrong. And I'm pretty sure you have been in very, very painful discussions if you are in the industry for some time and you have felt a lot of frustration on both ends. So today we will dive into this episode. And of course, it's pretty helpful here that um, Benjamin works for Zero and I'm working on the sponsor side. So we'll um, give you lots of insights into what to do, what not to do, um, all around this uh, collaboration, which is quite key for um, lots of us. This podcast is created in association with PSI, a global member organization dedicated to leading and promoting best practice and industry initiatives. Join PSI today to further develop your statistical capabilities with access to special interest groups, the video-on-demand content library, free registration to all PSI webinars, and much, much more. The reduced rate of the PSI membership fee is only £20 for non-high-income countries, and it's also not so much more, it's just £95 for high-income countries. So, visit the PSI website at psiweb.org to learn more about PSI activities and become a PSI member today. Welcome to a next episode of The Effective Statistician. This is Benjamin and I'm here today with Alexander. Hi Benjamin, Alexander. nice talking to you again. Hi Alexander. Today we have a very interesting topic actually because um, we would like to talk about CRO and sponsor relationship. And this is especially interesting because, as you know, Alexander is working for a sponsor and me, I'm working for a CRO. So the experience that we had is quite, um, let's say, opposite yeah. so on both, both sides of, of the uh, of the story. And that's that makes the topic really interesting. But actually, it's uh, to be serious, I mean, it's an interesting topic overall. And uh, everyone probably experienced this in, in your working experience that there are different relationships, different type of relationships between a CRO and um, a sponsor. And this is a topic that we would like to go into more detail today and see maybe bring some light into the dark and maybe bring some ideas into it. Uh, what we think is um, the ideal or the best or the most promising relationship uh, between CRO and sponsor for us as statisticians. Actually, um, as we are talking about kind of uh, sponsor zero relationships, and of course we have our notes here and where we uh, dive into lots of different ideas on it. One thing that just came to my mind was how important that relationship is actually, you know, not fr only from a company perspective, company productivity, cost and so on perspective, But it's actually also pretty important from a satisfaction, job satisfaction perspective. Uh, you know, if you, if you have a really good 
uh, CRO you're working with or you have a really good relationship there, you, you build friends there, it just increases your job dissatisfaction dramatically, isn't it? It is, definitely. And uh, I mean, especially for CRO, it's a day-to-day -day business. You know, pharma companies is maybe that there's a lot of work done in-house, so there might or might not be a huge dependency on on a, a CRO. But for for us and for our statisticians, my colleague and myself, it is extremely important to have a good relationship, and um, that's building that's building the whole environment, or it's core, it's the core to the whole environment of your working environment. So, indeed, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I think there's um, not only the overall productivity and the, the kind of hard facts for the company that is affected here, but it's really about um, your personal day-to-day -day business. And, and I know outsourcing uh, instead is only increasing. You can just see it from the uh, double digits growth of the Uh, large zero businesses and uh, there's more and more standardization going on and that goes along with lots of further outsourcing of, of stats work into zeros uh, uh, that can handle lots of the stats work in a, in a very, very efficient and, and great way because they can leverage processes across different vendors they can standardize things they can reuse things on a much bigger scale and they have um are depending on completely kind of different metrics than uh the usual pharma companies are so there's a lot of sense in having a good outsourcing model and with that having a good zero sponsor relationship And today we are really talking about uh, the stats side of it. So not about clinical operations, about data management, all these kind of other things that are involved in it. And it's, it's really kind of how the statistics department on the pharma side and sponsor side work with the statistics department on the CRO side, not about all the other functions. Okay, but just maybe before we really go into the details of the um, of the day-to-day -day interaction that we have, maybe we should just first talk a little bit about what the relationship is about. So we um, we always say relationship. The question is, is it a relationship or should we better call it, for example, partnership? So the thinking behind the relationship is something that I usually experience at the first meeting where it comes clearer what the expectation is. And there's really a difference between a pure relationship and a partnership. Yeah, I think a relationship is kind of a pretty neutral term, can be kind of in any uh, direction. But I think um, what is a good CRO sponsor relationship is actually a partnership on an equal level. Um, and I think there's a couple of different good points about that, uh, to have a actual partnership because, um, for example, one of the things is I want my, uh, CROs that I'm working with to speak up. I want them to kind of raise topics that they, uh, didn't understand or where they see issues or where, You know, maybe I made flat out a mistake, yeah, and say, um, that doesn't seem to be right, or we could do it better that way. And that is kind of um, uh, a sign of a partnership rather than just kind of blindly doing what I said, irrespective of where, what it makes sense or not. Because, you know, maybe it was just a misunderstanding, you know, or my communication was not precise enough or whatsoever. Yeah. And, but just blindly taking what I say and literally kind of word by word executing it without thinking about it and without questioning about it and even executing it. If they think it's wrong, that's not a partnership. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's, it's not a partnership. And, um, I think we discussed this in one of the earlier episodes is about the communication itself. So I think having a 
good communication setup, like the possibility, and and also as you said, the um, the the open the openness that that you listening listening to the comments of the CRO or the sponsor, that is something that really needs to be set up in any relation working relationship or uh, or partnership uh, between the CRO and the sponsors. And usually, I mean. To be honest, I I had very rarely experiences where the statisticians. I mean, we are all statisticians, so usually working together. So it's a it is some you know we are we know what we are talking about, but maybe we don't use the right words or the the, the same words for it. So that's why we need to just speak up, talk, and make. Um, you know, allow questions and um, provide answers as needed. Yeah, and I think that helps you to um, make sure that you get to common expectations, that you get to common expectations on all kind of different uh, dimensions. Let's say quality, let's say speed, let's say kind of cost or whatsoever. Yeah, so so everybody has a different understanding of what a mistake so to say is yeah or you know we, I, I know we had once a discussion about what is a finalized table so to say or you know what's an error in a table you know an error in a table could could mean anything from a small typo in a, in a footnote up to you know having the wrong overall sample size in it or whatever yeah or <laughs> Yeah, another example is for, you know, if you define timelines and um, you talk about, you know, the, the, the database log and uh, the, until the delivery. So what is database log? For one is just the, you know, the hard log of the database. For others, it's the, um, let's say, the availability of all ex even external data so that, that, you know, programming can start to merge data into STTM data sets. So it's it's really a, a, a question of definition. And um, this, this is something we both talk about data um, database log, but it might be two, two weeks in between. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And I think that is, um, that also comes with, long-term kind of partnerships. I, I really believe that um, at the beginning of a partnership, you both pay into it, you know, in terms of you pay into it from a time perspective and probably from a cost perspective, probably for the first project you're working together, it's um, there's no win in either side. Both need to invest. And, We'll see maybe the second study, you, let's say, break even. And only with the third study, you really both sides gain. It's, it's kind of my, my experience. It's, it's, it just takes a long-term view in these kind of zero-sponsored relationships. If you kind of um, jump from zero to zero and probably, probably the same from the zero side, if you jump from customer to customer, you're probably not anyway go anywhere. It's it's because you start from scratch all over and you need to kind of uh, build the basis again and again and again and that doesn't lead to anything. Hmm. I mean, it is um, obviously, I mean, CROs do um, jump from customer to customer. I mean, not necessarily jump on a daily basis, but um, they have usually several customer especially talk about large CEOs. Um, however, this is this is something that that we see um, that 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 is a very successful model um, to to build um, first of all to have this long-term view, but also build um, a stable relationship to the sponsor, um, allowing for the experience being brought into the next, the second and the third study uh, from the first study with the same um, staff, with the same statistician um, to allow what you just mentioned to, to allow to gain the efficiency that um, we usually, you know, pay for or we invest for uh, in the, in the first studies that we, that we have. And this is definitely something that really calms down the, the, uh, um, the excitement and the uh, the unexpected um, or the surprises that comes along when we uh, when we stick 
on both sides to the to a stuff that already worked with the same client or with the same CRO um, uh, and and knows how how things are running. And in terms of long term perspective, I think in the end it's all about long term stable personal relationships. Of course, there's a benefit if you have kind of an overall company CRO uh, long-term view on it as well and their scalability across different uh, projects and, and stuff like this. And there is, so to say, um, learning from one project to the other and there's kind of, uh, uh, you know, things like the uh, a master service agreement or things like that in place. All these kind of things help a lot. But I think um, if it comes to the individual statistician, I really think that there's a huge uh, benefit in having these stable personal relationships because that's where I get a lot of trust from it. And I have, um, you know, you, you even build friendships with the statisticians on the other side. Of course, from business perspective, you could say, well, maybe with friendships that, you know, you get biased and things like this. But on the other hand, you get also a lot of trust and trust means speed and speed means decreases in costs. And so there's lots of uh, benefits overall from having these long-term stable relationships. Hmm. No, I agree. And it's, it's, um, yeah, I think it's, this is quite natural that, you know, if the chemistry works between two partners, then the, um, then, you know, the, 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 the business or the, the results are just more, um, efficient and, and, um, you know, also for the, for the long, long-term view, I think this is more satisfactory for both sides. Um, if we work together with people and with, you know, with, in a, that are in a relationship, you know, trust each other and work together. So I think that's a very important point, the personal relationship between, um, the two yeah. statisticians or the, the group of statisticians. Yeah. And sometimes really, um, meeting each other personal face to face helps a lot. So I, I can remember that Absolutely. I, you know, even traveled to, uh, Russia, uh, to, to visit a couple of uh, statisticians at a zero. And, um, it was really not easy from a visa perspective and a couple of other things, but it helped so much. And, you know, this, uh, these couple of days that I uh, spent there, um, talking to all the different statisticians, um, having a dinner with them, um, getting, you know, getting a little bit of their background, um, seeing what are their interests, where, what are their capabilities. Uh, they also said, you know, okay, here are kind of where we see problems. This is where we are good at. This is where we need your help. All these things really helped along uh, in the overall process. And um, uh, if you can meet your your uh, statisticians that you're working with, maybe you can't meet them, you know, face to face at a spe specific event, but maybe you can meet them together at a conference, or at least turn on your camera. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's that's actually a good thing. The camera or the web webcam that's that's uh, that does help if it is allowed. Um, and also, I think I mean this is this is a point which is kind of um, a vicious circle could be a vicious circle is that you know the the, the turnover. Um, so you know if you have a group of statisticians working uh, for a client and uh, on either side there's a Turnover range, so a lot of changes, which which results in um, you know lots or, or potential loss of um, information or background history uh, or even like personal relationship. Um, this is this is um, definitely something worth to be um, you know avoided. And again, if if we have good relationships, it's it's a factor that plays into. Uh, takes into account that, that, that the turnover rates are usually higher if you have a good relationship and good working environment. So therefore, this is, this is something where we can, um, what we can 
directly influence as well with having good um, sponsors, client, and um, CRO relationships. You meant uh, good relationships mean low turnover rates. Low turnover rates, yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did I say that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, th I think everyone knows what I'm what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Another kind of uh, topic is, as you already pointed out, is kind of have a common understanding in terms of all the processes, the timelines, the abbreviations, the uh, nomenclatures that you're using, and and the overall transparency on the processes that you're both following both actually on the um, sponsor and on the CRO side. So that you know, okay, what is coming up in, you know, six months and one year and two years that, you know, people have an understanding, okay, where are important milestones? Um, what is kind of uh, the times that maybe in one year you shouldn't plan your vacation on? Um What is the time that we need kind of all hands on deck? Um, what is, and, and are there any shifts in these kind of timelines? And um, in terms of processes, is there any kind of, you know, is there an additional revenue round here or there? Or is there, you know, a big uh, meeting that takes place where everybody needs to report on? Whatsoever, yeah. So, so all these kind of, and these, of course, change from sponsor to sponsor, and everybody has kind of a different uh, SOP and a different expectation on things. So it's really important to be transparent on these kind of things. Indeed, I think this is this is part of the overall communication, and therefore, um, absolutely important to to be open and um, to share. Uh, things I just I, I remember that I've been invited to to like, let's say um, therapeutic area meetings that had basically nothing directly to do with statistic but just being involved in the planning of a whole department and um, to just to understand where the next publications are planned where the next congresses take place so and then count back saying when do we need to present or to deliver something uh, what is what needs to be delivered when is When is the result or different study coming, coming out and being published? So when do we know how to react on that and so on? So this is just being uh, listening to, to, um, to the, to the history or to the, to the ongoing activities, uh, of, um, of more than just these, the study related, uh, timelines and, and, and time points. So this is something that I appreciated a lot and, um, it worked very well and helped me a lot to understand what's needed. Yeah. And also from a sponsor perspective, that helps you to make sure that you have enough resources on the CRO side Uh, set up for the for these crunch times because as a statistician in the sponsor real, sponsor side you are responsible for all your deliverables it doesn't matter for your business partners in medical or, or regulatory whether you do, you do it yourself or you have outsourced it to the CRO you are responsible And you can't say, ah, oh, sorry, the CRO doesn't have any resources. Well, it was your job to make actually sure that the CRO uh, has resources. And if you haven't communicated, sorry, your fault, not the CRO's fault. So um, I think that is where you also shouldn't hide away behind the CRO. I think it's actually very good there to, to see the CRO as your part of your overall team. And you need to stand, you know, uh, behind them. You need to, you know, uh, protect them in some sense, how you would protect your own team. And so, And I think it's also, you know, it's, it's, it's really kind of not honest, not honest to kind of, uh, step to the side and then kind of blame the CRO because they are not in the room. It's, it's, it's very, very kind of cheap to, to, to do this. So, and, uh, and act actually not really fair and also not really helpful and responsible. So, um, in the end, 
you need to make sure that you set up the CRO in such a way that they really can deliver because ultimately in front of your business partners, you're responsible. And so make sure you can, you do everything to help set the CROs up for success like you would do with ex internal resources set them up for success. So that's that's really important. And of course, internal resources have lots of other kind of communication channels where they get a bigger understanding of the picture, where they get a, you know, uh, other communication via um, within company news and, and things like that. And they may be invited to meetings where the CRO is not invited. So it's really, really important in terms of communication that you give the CRO a heads up of all the different things. And communication is a, is a tricky thing because communicate once and you might be heard, communicate twice you still might be heard, communicate three times and, you know, you can be at least sure that uh, it was heard. And, you know, in terms of that, it's always good to have um, uh, good communications in terms of from a quality perspective, so face-to-face, -face, um, at least via video, uh, to have things also, the key, key things documented, um, and, and that you have a good relationship there, that you have regulatory uh, communications, uh, regulatory, uh, regular communications. So all these kind of things really matter a lot in terms of the zero uh, sponsor relationship. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think it's it's a good it's a good point again again the communication, but um, sharing these um, the knowledge or sharing the timelines and um, the the plans and everything that is just in incredibly helping um, the CRO statistician uh, to to request to plan in the resources to get things sorted and and helping. I mean, usually. CROs are quite flexible in terms of um, this, and especially if if you work in um, in sponsor with sponsor relationships and bigger partnerships where ships where um, where there there's also, for example, very urgent deliveries then that come up suddenly. Then there's usually some place to juggle around within within the group of um, statisticians supporting one client so th there's always a lot of um, flexibility but in any case um the more time we have for planning the the, the easier the easier or the uh, it is and and just moving forward and we we all know that uh, you know the, that performing a delivery is usually you know there are unexpected um um traps somewhere in the data or whatever so the, the, we will spend a lot of time anyway for things that we didn't foresee um you know due to the data for example uh, so it's it's really you know it really helps for a relationship to to uh, to share the information um as early as possible and don't lose any time um with this and it, it has shown to be very very successful and very smooth running if we um, if we, uh, if we, or if the CRO is involved in the, um, in the, in the communication and in the, um, planning of, of the, of the studies. Yeah. And in terms of that, I, I think it, there we get back to the, uh, partnership on the equal level, actually. Um, you said, you know, a CRO is flexible and things like that. That depends very much on kind of whether you have a partnership on an equal level. So, um, if you're a small sponsor and you're kind of on the low priority list of a very, very big CRO, not sure whether you get all the kind of, uh, <laughs> uh, resources you need if, if you, uh, if you need some urgent and unplanned and things like this. And, um, also the other way around, you know, if you're a very, very big uh, sponsor and you deal with a small zero and then you need to have lots of people at once, there's just a limited amount of people at a small zero. So I think having their good kind of partnership on an equal level helps a lot. And also, of course, kind of from a sponsor side, 
if you have burned your relationships with the CRO multiple times, and then it's about crunch time and you are running out of time. And, you know, then of course for the CRO, it's very easy to say, well, you committed to it. We agreed to a timeline that is 10th of December. If you now want to have a 10th of October, well, here's a payment. <laughs> so, so, you know, <laughs> It's, you know, people fall into this trap of thinking, um, well, I'm the sponsor and, you know, I, I treat the CRO like a slave. I think usually these kind of things have a backlash at, at some po uh, point in time. So I actually believe very, very much on this uh, partnership on an equal level. Mm. Yeah, and and at least from my experience, it has shown that this is um, this is the the most successful way that I've seen in in working in these working relationship. It's it's not that you know that other other ways do not somehow work. Um, it is you know it also often comes to a good end, and let's say let's for for the. Um, you know, for the, for the, let's, the delivery, the study. So it's not the point. It's just about just looking from statistician to statistician that we, that we, um, I mean, that we would like to, um, like everyone would like to be looked into their eyes and just being treated as a colleague, uh, rather than, as you mentioned, like a slave. So it's not the, uh, I mean, so it's, it's really, it's, um, um, I mean, it's, 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 um, It's a common sense, I believe, that that a fair treatment is is uh, something for both sides to be um, the, the common sense of, of uh, working together. Yeah, and I think this uh, fair treatment also in, involves money. You know, have a fair payment process and, and a transparent payment process about uh, about things. Um, there's actually a very very interesting uh, learning from the automotive. Uh, industry. So there was a large automotive company that was on a cost cutting um, endeavor. And so they worked with all their um, suppliers and kind of cut cost, cut cost and, you know, hit them very, very hard and uh, not treated them very, very well. And um, then there was this one little tiny supplier that was only, you know, important for one part, but, you know, that part was um, in all the different cars. And um, so, and this, you know, big company forced them to reduce cost in all ends. And so, so they needed really to get some money somewhere to, to basically survive. And then they found one kind of hole in the whole contract and that was the uh, actually the data delivery so for the interface between the different companies and um, so they basically stopped the data delivery there and that stopped the overall process of producing cars for the for the bigger company and they um, stopped this so long as to the time where the big company was uh, willing to um, up-level their payment. And it stopped the overall manufacturing process of the, of this big company, you know, for just, and it was, don't know, some kind of bizarre thing, but it was, you know, there was just no other uh, substitute for it. And um, that shows that if you kind of, Don't let the other part live, have a good overall relationship that will haunt you at some point. And it doesn't create a, you know, a partnership where you're, um, working together and actually create something overall. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, no, I agree in a, in a way, in a, a little slightly different way, actually, because I think it's, it's not, the 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 payment or we shouldn't maybe name it payment at that time because i think especially in in bigger cro um this is some often related also with um you know other partnerships so if it's a stat standalone 
um, project, it might be different than to a full service and so on. So payment is one thing. I think what we mentioned before and I, what is the key here for the payment is actually the time that is needed. Because um, for a decision itself, it, it's, you know, it doesn't matter what the payment, the, the actual money per hour is. It's it's more the point of how many hours are, am I allowed or am I planned in to perform a certain certain task. And um, so that is that is something where we should have an open discussion and it relates back to the processes where uh, where there needs to be a common or like a both understanding from both sides of the processes. So things that we need to follow or the statistician at the CRO need to follow in order to perform a task. And it might be different from the understanding of a, um, of a statistician in a, um, at the pharma side or also in other, in other companies that, uh, that the processes, you know, if, if the, the work is outsourced without, um, changing the processes for this, we are following the process that are in place for the CRO company. And therefore, um, you know, we can't, for example, squeeze something together because we know that our processes don't allow for less time for this. So therefore, we need to find a way of communicating, getting together, understanding the processes and allowing the time that is needed for, um, for each of the parties i mean it goes in a, in, a, in a certain way also back to to the sponsor because for example for review time we can't expect to review 500 outputs within a day so that's that's not feasible um, and then at the end of the day expect um, consolidated comments from 10 different parties it does not work um so that's 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 the the meaning about the fair payment it's not the the money itself it's really about what what we need it's indirectly the money because the more hours we have the more the more time or the more money will will be paid but uh, to understand what is needed to really do the work yeah and i think that goes in both directions i think it first uh, goes into the direction of what is really needed from a process point of view yeah, in terms of, and there, sometimes it really makes a lot of sense to, you know, go into the example production of an, don't know, of an update of, of some tables. Yeah. And to go through, okay, that needs an update of the analysis data sets. That needs an update of the documentation here. And that needs an update of the QC process here. And, uh, all these kind of little things and go through there and actually identify, okay, how many statisticians are involved here? What are kind of how many programmers are involved here? Um, where are the handovers? All these kind of different things. And what are the documentation requirements? And to get transparency and get a common understanding there because that helps you to identify, okay, is that something fast or is that something that takes a longer thing? Um, and that also helps uh, the statisticians within the sponsor side to, to understand, okay, uh, I'm in a meeting with, with you know, all, all the study team and we uh, talk about additional analysis. Is that something that I can provide in two days or is that something where I need to plan in, you know, a month? So, so um it's actually quite good to have a deep insight into what CCRO is actually doing there. On the other hand, it's also important that, you know, the CRO can say, okay, that's, you know, just adding a line in our program and um, rerunning it. And it just takes a runtime overnight, but um, then you get the updates tomorrow. It all depends on how you actually set up the overall process. What kind of your expectations are? If you, of course, want to have one program for each table and you need to kind of pick 100 tables and, you know, to, to update something, well, that takes more time than if you have set up your program in a very, very modular way and you just need to update, you know, one line in a 
program that's then called by lots of other programs. So, and then of course it depends on what are your expectations on, on, uh, QCing these kind of things. So that's really about having a good uh, communication ab about these things up front. And I think one, one important, another important point is really about, um, giving feedback. We, we had, you know, several examples, um, that I've seen. And I mean, it's also quite obvious is that for a relationship moving forward, it's always good to understand what went good and what went wrong in the past. So giving the chance of honest feedback, criticism, praise, uh, whatever it is, uh, and Don't, don't, f not feeling offended and just taking it, listening to it, changing it or adapting it or, or applying it again. Um, that's, that's, I think, one of the, the key, um, supporters to, um, get the learning curve up and improve the relationship over time. Yeah. Feedback is a, you know, the number one tool for any management. And that's the same here. And if you want to have more of something, you need to praise it. And if you want to have less of something, you need to give, uh, give negative feedback. And that's the same thing for zero, uh, and sponsors or relationship. And it's in both ways, of course, you know, if, From, I'm pretty sure from a CRO perspective, you always get kind of vague things. It's probably good to give some feedback about it. Hmm. Yeah. It's also, for example, if you, if you feel that, you know, you are not involved, um, too much or enough in the, in the progress, in the planning, then this is something where you can get feedback give feedback and and um, and request or um, ask for this yeah and by the way i think it's pretty good to do that on a regular basis in terms of doing it timely and personally so uh, not just wait until the last annual uh, meeting where the sponsor and the CRO gets together and then you, you know, you look into your issue list and you say, well, nine months ago, there was this topic and you bring it up the first time. That's really bad. <laughs> yeah. And also, yeah, that's bad, but also it's the way how you communicate it because, you know, if you, you know, don't do finger pointing, it's yeah. just, you know, tell him, Tell him the experience. So just, you know, saying, you know, this is, this is how I, um, how I felt about it or how I, you know, experienced the situation, uh, you know, that just try to give the, give a little feedback about it, it was received and not saying you did it wrong. So, I mean, this is a different topic, the communication, but in general, it's about the when, about the how and, um, and, uh, the who, who you're talking to. Yeah. yeah I, I think these, um, you know, bigger, let's say sponsor zero meetings where you look across different projects and, and things like this. This is also feedback session, but there it's more about, Patterns, looking into patterns, you know, is, is there a certain kind of process, uh, that is always kind of broken or is there certain uh, relationships that is kind of not working? Is this, um, these kind of things you're looking into, but you're not looking yeah. into whether there was, you know, this one TFL not corrected in time whatsoever. Yeah. That's, that's just, um, insane to look at that level. Yeah, no, no, I agree. And it's, it's also, let's say it's, it's the way of, uh, communicating it to, um, about, about what the, the general, let's say, ref, um, meetings in, in bigger partnerships, they usually have this based on this kind of matrices, as you said. But this is not the importance one for you and your direct relationship with the client, um, or with the sponsor and the CRO statisticians, because this is then more about the personal relationship that you build up and the, uh, where, where you need some, also some feedback on the way of communicating. And it's not about 
delivering timelines and a number of errors and outputs. This is about the, the direct interaction and the direct relationship and uh, that, that helps you to, to bring the, um, the, um, um, the next steps, the next uh, milestones or the next studies um, into even better shape. I think where, you know, these bigger kind of uh, meetings come into place is, as I said, for patterns. So, so if you see that, you know, there's a certain team that always works good, that, you know, always keeps, uh, keeps delivering on timeline, um, where things are moving fast, where things are moving, um, high quality. That is something that you can say, okay, yeah, says on, and see all these projects, things are root. Uh, running really smoothly and, and that is something that you can <coughs> elevate at these levels and say okay make sure that these teams you know also are seen on a very very good end on these high level meetings because you know there may be the supervisor of those that did the work or the supervisor supervisors of all those that actually did the work and it will make a uh, a huge difference for your personal partners at the um, at the CRO level if they get praise through these kind of channels. So don't miss that opportunity to, to praise people that helped you a lot in these uh, things and, you know, list all the different things where they helped you. And um, I, I'm pretty sure that will make a huge difference. Absolutely. Okay, now let's go into a couple of very, very specific points that we can do in terms of good CRO uh, and sponsor relationship. So we have talked about lots of kind of bigger topic things. And now let's go into some very, very kind of tactical short things. So number one for me is... Um, at the beginning of such a, rela a relationship, it's awesome to have some face-to-face -face visits. That's true. And it's it's important um, for both sides. And I think it's really appreciated from the CRO side if they see that, that the statistician comes over to really take the time and to talk to them. Yeah. And what I have been doing on such occasions is usually um, I give a bigger point of view on the on the content so i speak about okay what's the uh what's the patients are that we are treating um what why is that important how do they feel what's a patient journey does look like um what are all the different endpoints why are they collected what's the impact on the on the patients what are what's the competitive landscape look like uh, what are the key issues um, all these kind of different things to, to give a really, really broad perspective and, uh, and broader picture, because I think that is really important from a, I think from a personal, passionate perspective, but it's also really important to get a bigger understanding of what does good look like and what kind of data output makes sense. So, so just one example is, um, uh, if you work on a study that is uh, where your indication is, let's say, 80% male, now you run your uh, study demographics and, you know, um, there's a coding problem with your gender and in your demographics tables, you have 80% female instead of male. Well, then you directly know there's probably an issue. <laughs> Yeah, or, or you know, uh, a certain score goes up in turn, in, instead of going down, or things like that. These are kind of things that you know you need to communicate at, at these kind of starting uh, discussions. That's really good. Yeah, what just comes to my mind is really um, actually. I mean, we just talked about statisticians, but I think it's an excellent point to involve the yeah. the key um, the personal for for stats programmers as well. Because um, the interaction between stats and stats program is usually quite close. There are even hybrid roles, so it's not um, it's not uh, you know you can't really um, necessarily cut them in 
anyway but um it's very good to involve uh, programmers at these stages yeah. and, and different stages communication and and feedback as well um, um as well because they are also it's very helpful as well for programmers that are not that much involved usually in the day-to-day -day business of a statistician and the uh, in the interaction with medics and and other um, other sh um, um, shareholders that that the uh, they visualize the outcome or the the idea of uh, what's needed what what they need to look for when they program or QC um, an output so um it's not about statistics only it's really stats and stats program. yeah and so i think that i also think that gives you much more kind of passion in the overall project if it gives you much more kind of satisfaction uh, that you're not just delivering tables but you know where these tables are used for you know it's not just delivery of tables it's delivery of information that ultimately helps patients to be treated and um so you can see kind of why does it make sense? And through this kind of interactions, you create much more kind of a team spirit. And, and that's really, really important. In terms of creating team spirit, the other thing is to have really regular interactions. And um, that comes through two different things. I think it's really good to have scheduled interactions so that goes through a kind of uh, predefined uh, agenda in terms of what you're looking into kind of maybe metrics and kind of issue list and um, upcoming milestones and things like that but then also have you know um, frequent ad hoc interactions on things and not just rely on email is really, really important there. Yep, it's true. Pick up the phone, use the webcam, just um, interact yep. with the people. Yep. And, you know, especially if there are, you know, if you see that there's a back and forth in terms of emails, it's so much more helpful to, you know, say, okay, I'm, I'm just calling you. And then we uh, clear things on, on, on the phone. Um, and that way you can speed up things and you can also ensure higher quality. And at the same time, you're investing in your relationships. And that is so, so, mm. so important. Yeah, just remember that sometimes, you know, it's not, if people, are writing emails that means that they would like to have this in writing yep. which may also um, indirectly say that they don't trust uh -huh. okay that's in any way it's not not a direct relationship it's really that they would like to have it in writing to prove that they said something or did something so if you get to the status of picking up the phone and talking to the people instead of writing emails that is a trust that's the trust that people give you and uh, respond to it so i think this is really a good sign if this kind of communication it works that that this is a good relationship between um you and another statistician or another person yeah and then that's there might be different types of persons doing the communication that's true but in in general i think it's a uh, people tend to back themselves up with writing emails and if they don't do it anymore it's a good sign yeah yeah and and then you can just say okay then now um i'll write you a quick email to kind of make sure that we're on the same page and that we have everything documented and the summary and then we you know uh you say okay and then we send it to our management yeah, I think that is really, really important. Um, and that actually leads me to kind of uh, having a good leadership support in here is really important. So in terms of that, I think from a statistician at the sponsor side, it's really important to good communication with your leadership about what's going on and what's not going on with zero. And I wouldn't kind of escalate any issue directly to, to my management. For me personally, I think um, first your management 
surely doesn't need to know about kind of any small issue Pro probably doesn't want to know about any small issue and if if it gets escalated they need to they think they need to do something about it i think i always would first try to kind of solve everything kind of on the lowest level and you know get things sorted out that way and only if you know if you can't get you know through then i wouldn't escalate it in a way uh please step in but i would first escalate it in a way i'm stuck here um can you coach me on how to get it done and not kind of um can you call the other person supervisor I think that's kind of a much more later escalation step I would go into. Yeah, no, that's that's true. I think that's true for any site. It's probably true, not you know, even outside the the area we are talking currently about. So that um, that you know, for statistics or for statistician, we know that they are they are leader. They they should be leading a team um, following them. So if they their first act is to escalate this to their manager that is not leading that is yep. um escalating so take the first steps yourself work with the team work with your counterpart your partner work with your um programmer or the programmer of the the sponsor the cro and um communicate it give the feedback Good feedback, as we said, but also the negative feedback. If we have any anything concerns or anything, this is something that which we should be able to raise. And um, as you said, Alexander, if you don't, you know, if this is not successful, then seek for support from your supervisor. Yeah. And I think that is, in terms of support, the first level is really that he coaches you and basically gives it back into your hand, and you follow up with the CRO rather than him or her calling the CRO. Uh, I think that is really, really important. Mm -hmm. And there's different supervisor types. You know, there's certain supervisors that will, you know, uh, rather delegate it back to you anyway. And there's other supervisors that might, you know, uh, see it as an opportunity to, to dive into it. Um, really, the best way is to, you know, maybe you just say, uh, here's something for your information. Uh, I'm following up on that. And since this next level is, here's something where I need your help. Can you help me solving it? And then the third level would only be, here's something that I, despite of you coaching me, I can't get it done. Could you kind of handle it on your level? Uh, so these are kind of different escalation levels. And you shouldn't jump from the lowest to the highest directly usually exactly but again it's also depending on the situation there because sometimes the the management also has a very good relationship as close as you on the study level with the um, cro or the sponsor so this is kind of a day-to-day -day interaction there as well or say weekly or very quickly so things can sometimes be sorted very easily and quickly or that way without any finger pointing or any um, thing. So it's it's really depending on the situation, but yes, I agree that that this is shouldn't be the first step to escalate. Yeah, I, I think usually finger pointing doesn't help so much. It's um, no, no, finger pointing never. You never know what what's really going on on the other side. You never know what's really all of their book of work. You never know what's the overall picture is. Be really humble in that direction usually is the right approach. Yeah, but this is this is something about professionalism anyway that that's uh, you know that it's it's not about finger pointing, it's about solving problems. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So in terms of that, um one other aspect I would like to dive into is um if you have some say in kind of overall choosing your vendor now we have looked into how an overall um good sponsor relationship looks like and from our experience and i think that that helps you to see kind of um if you need to choose your vendor what are things you want to look out for 
So it's, you know, you want to look out for, you know, cultures and companies that you can, you know, work together with on, on an equal, uh, level. And, and, you know, if you're a small biotech company and you're working with a super large CRO, hmm, I don't know. <laughs> I probably wouldn't go that, uh, that way. Um, if, if, and the other way around, it also doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, if you have uh, hundreds of projects that you want to manage and you're going with a, a three man zero, that also doesn't work very, very nicely. So, so I think there, there needs to be some kind of equal partnership and there needs to be some investment from both sides and interest from both sides to make it work. And, and if there's not this equal partnership, then I think very often one side lacks this kind of striving for a long-term uh, relationship. And also the other point is, is, um, both sides need to have these fallback positions. You know, as a sponsor, I actually don't want to have a, a CRO where I have 95% of the business. Yeah. Because as a sponsor, there may be ups and down. And, you know, just because you have half a year, not enough projects that kills your CRO and makes them go out of business is that's a really bad thing. And, you know, so that is, you know, having uh, fallback positions for both sides is really, really important. And um, so overall, in the end, it comes really to um, having good personal relationships and being very, very uh, clear about what are the different expectations. Yeah, I think it's it's a very um, there are good good points um, that you mentioned, and I I think. But what I believe is the most important part is really that they have the same understanding of the yeah. partnership or of the relationship, so that they work together with the same understanding of the uh, of the goal of the way to get there, and that they obviously understand that. They can't get there without yep. each other. That is that is the the, the key point for a successful. Um, yeah, in terms of and what is actually good looks like um, might have very very different aspects. So uh, for com one company, maybe you know there's a very solid uh, cost limit, and that's it. And so, so then you need to completely operate within that uh, cost limit. Or for another company, it's all about, you know, quality and quality in a certain way, you know, that every table is highly customized and with, you know, very specific uh, layout and whatsoever. And for another company, it's all about timelines. Yeah, so, so having it in 10 days is more important than anything else. So I think what good looks like is very, very different. And um, then, you know, always having this cost per table structure may not be the optimal output. Yeah. So I think there's lots of other uh, ways you can look into costs and just, you know, cost per table. Yeah, but I think this is also a way uh, to be defined uh, in the process of, of a partnership. Um, you, you know, without the experience working together, it's difficult um, to understand the processes and to um, follow the processes and then allow for the f for flexibility, yeah. for example, to, to, uh, um, to not cost per output or so it's usually it's rather to find a good average um, number that um, allows um, learning progress uh, curve and uh, and overall and a good campaign. yeah and the the overall fan payment i think is really the key thing because in in the end it really is about pay per hour probably from the CRO side and it's about kind of the overall paper study of 
you know quality or of information that that you get from the uh, from the sponsor side and um i think you can work there together to come up with you know intelligent solutions by clearly understanding how the process works from both ends um where are kind of the cost drivers where you can you know uh, decrease costs where you can work together to, you know, um, uh, have cost reductions by standardization, by, you know, uh, having less flexibility and, you know, therefore more uh, repeated tables and things like this that may not look as pretty as you like them, but have the same information. So I'm, I'm, there's lots of different ways you can look into this, but you need to have a common understanding of what good looks like. That I think is really, really key. Okay, so this was today a very, very, very long uh, uh, episode. And um, we have talked about uh, partnerships. We have talked about um, what that means, what you know, equal level actually means, what setting expectations on all different types of uh, aspects of the collaboration means, um, how you can actually establish personal long-term relationships and why that is important, uh, what that has to do with job uh, satisfaction and overall uh, turnover rates on both sides and how you can increase transparency on the processes, both on the CLO side, but also on the sponsor side to make things run smoothly. We also talked a lot about trust and how you can uh, increase trust, how you can uh, use feedback to, to increase trust and how you can use feedback to improve overall things and um, how important the overall relationship uh, is in this kind of uh, situation and so, so this, this um, episode I think we not only covered kind of what you can do on a, a personal level uh, for your uh, zero sponsor relationships but also how you can communicate upwards in your organization to help make good choices of uh, these relationships so that ultimately in the long run you can work really smoothly and that you don't get up in the morning and think ah, now I need to talk to this person on the other hand of the of the world and this other company and I don't want to talk to them. Um, but that you actually look forward to, to working on these kind of things uh, on a day in and day out. Okay, thanks so much, ben Benjamin. That was an aw uh, awesome episode. Thanks, Alexander. Thanks so much and have a good time. Bye. Bye. This show was created in association with PSI. Thanks for listening. Please visit theeffectivestatistician.com to find the show notes and learn more about our podcast to boost your career as a statistician in the health sector. Reach your potential, lead great science, and serve patients. Just be an effective statistician.